Blog Talk Radio. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States. Will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. So help me God. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That is area code 914-803-4131. If you are uh, listening during the live broadcast, you can always join us in the chat room. Go to blogtalkradio.com. Sign up for your free uh, Blog Talk Radio account. You'll be able to then go to uh, blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Uh, join us on the episode page and then uh, leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc., in the show chat, which I will respond to when we have a moment to, uh, either typing or writing, depending on who's talking at the moment. And if you're listening after the live broadcast, you could always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc., over on the show thread at liberaldan.com, on facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. Uh, there's also plenty of places to follow me on social media. You can go to liberaldan.com to find out uh, where all those places are. But you can also find me, Liberal Dan Radio, on uh, TikTok, uh, Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube as well. Or you can go to youtube.liberaldan.com uh, to get there more easily. Finally, if you want to support the podcast, the, the, the best thing you can do for free is to subscribe to the YouTube channel. And otherwise, if you do want to support the show even more, you can uh, become a Liberal Dan Patreon. Go to patreon.liberaldan.com and you'll be able to support the show. Uh, I'm trying to get more content up on YouTube. And the more uh, you guys support the show, the more, I could, more time and effort I can focus on producing those videos. So uh, this week we do have on Amber Rose Petrovich uh, from Just money.works. She's also a a Washington Post contributor. We'll be talking about GME, AMC, WSB, LMNOP, QRST, VWXY, and Z, uh, all the other acronyms and uh, other type things going on with stock markets, short sales, Robin Hood, etc. But first, as always, we're going to start off the show with this week's headlines. Pro-Trump attorney Linwood claimed he was certain that voter fraud took place in the state of Georgia. How was he so certain? Well, according to the state of Georgia, he was one of the people committing the fraud. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Some January 6th seditionists are using as a defense that Trump invited them to the Capitol. Sounds a lot like I was following orders. 
It is fun, though, watching Trump claim that he didn't do anything to incite this violence when his loyal followers say that he did in order to try and save their own asses. Unfortunately, what will likely happen is nobody gets punished, and that'll be the end of it. One seditionist, Jenny Louise Cudd, who was charged with two misdemeanors, requested that the court allow her to go on a work-related bonding retreat to Mexico. Cud is currently on pretrial release. The judge seems inclined to allow it. Is this real life? Alleged terrorists get to go to Mexico as long as they are white. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has surprised many with his recent actions pertaining to the actions of the GOP. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell called loony lies and conspiracy theories a cancer for the Republican Party. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell also praised Republican Congressperson Liz Cheney as a leader with deep conviction and courage, criticism levied by, at her by Matt Gates and others. Cancer to the GOP, Marjorie Taylor Greene, claims that the only cancer in the GOP is those who only know how to lose gracefully. If refusing to cooperate and blocking everything they can is losing gracefully, I'd hate to see what MTG's definition of not losing gracefully is. Oh, wait, we have it from 2019. It's this week's Words of Redneck Wisdom. And now, Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. If we have a sea of people, if we shut down the streets, if we shut down everything, if we flood the Capitol building, flood all the government buildings, go inside. These are public buildings. We own them. We own these buildings. Do you understand that? We own the buildings and we pay all the people that work in the buildings. And this concludes Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. It seems like the sedition is coming from inside the House. But in the Senate, the Democrats have agreed to a power-sharing agreement with the GOP in order for them to take control of the floor and committees. Any committee where a tie happens will see the legislation go to the floor. Because, you know, if Trump won re-election and there was a 50-50 split as currently exists in the Senate, current Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell would absolutely agree to the same terms, right? Of course he wouldn't. This is why Democrats are viewed as weak. In math news, some leftists are being critical of Joe Biden's plan to get $1,400 stimulus checks. President Joe Biden said that the $600 was not enough and that we needed $2,000 back during the campaign. According to some people, by giving $1,400 after giving $600, Biden is not fulfilling, fulfilling his promise $1,000. Apparently, math is hard. In positive political news, President Joe Biden is moving forward with the cancellation of many of former President Trump's ill-advised executive orders, and the Senate Democrats have the votes to at least move forward with reconciliation. Many giggles were had listening to the news yesterday as we heard all about the need for a large package. 
In science news, Elon Musk believes that he can make a Mars colony affordable for people who can't afford the high price tag to colonize it. His solution? He will give people loans, and the colonists on the red planet will work to pay off those debts. Elon Musk is Tom Nook. And in other space news, Press Secretary Psaki seems to be enjoying herself discussing Space Force. Go check out her Twitter feed and watch the press conference from today. You'll be glad that you did. And that was this week's headline. Now, what's interesting here is we got Bringing It Boy in the chat. Uh, The last we heard from Bringing It Boy, uh, he had made a comment that was, uh, I didn't find too nice. Uh, when it came to the fact that the Jews needed to get off the topic of camps and World War II and the Holocaust and that Jews have, quote, done well and Germans have not done well. So um, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm going to say that bringing a boy is not welcome in the show anymore because before then he had been a good if, you know, he disagreed with a lot of the things, but he was a reasonable person. Um, I would like to see an apology from bringing a boy for understanding that those words that were said were both insensitive, especially on International Holocaust Remembrance Day, um, and the fact that, you know, understanding the fact that Jews are never going to forget this because history forgotten tends to repeat itself. So there's that. I'll leave it up to you, bringing a boy, to see whether or not you feel like apologizing for your words last week or not. Um, and then we'll go from there to see how we feel about your continued participation in the podcast. So there you go. There's that. That's that out of the way. Um, so let's see. You're right. And please, I'm, there you go. See, I might not agree with a lot of topics when it comes to the issues, especially masking, uh, with bringing it boy. However, uh, he just admitted that he apologized and that I was right. And that is rare for a conservative to do. So I I definitely appreciate that. Um, Speaking about back to headlines for a second, the, um, you know, Marjorie Demonox is in the chat room. Welcome to the chat Demonox. I appreciate you joining us at Demonox is the first liberal day and radio Patreon. Uh, You've heard his dulcet tones uh, with his rendition of my Will Fight Back song, uh, which was, you know, I love the fact that the song can bring joy to at least one person, maybe two people's ears. Um, That is nice. So welcome, Demonox. Appreciate you joining for this show. It should be a good one. Uh, Demonox, um, myself, uh, Chris, and... My little brother, Nimbus Yosh, the host of the most from the Percy podcast, uh, did uh, Formed Voltron last week. If you go to my Twitter account, at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter, uh, or at the Percy podcast on Twitter, or at XDemonox on Twitter, uh, you will find links to that show, which was on the Percy podcast. But we were discussing the topic that will be discussed after the first commercial break today. And of course, that is... Uh, the topic of Wall Street bets, short squeezes, GameStop, GME, AMC, WSB, LMNOP, QRSTV, WXYNZ. And it was a great episode. 
Um, I, I highly recommend you you give it a listen. Uh, if, if you don't like adult type languages, don't listen to the last like minute or so because we make some dirty jokes. Other than that, it was a really good episode, and I'm looking forward to doing more of those uh, with uh, all of the people involved, uh, and maybe even doing it, um, maybe even doing it on my podcast as well, um, or on the mini cast, I should I should say. So we are going to go ahead and take our first commercial break, uh, come back and take your calls as well. And by the time we get back, uh, Amber Petrovich from Just Money should be dialed in and ready to go. Again, it's 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Alright, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say. Sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Day and Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, yeah. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things. Political things, nerdy things, fun things, not so fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will. <laughs> Catch you on the tune. If you enjoy Liberal Dan Radio, there's many ways that you can support the show. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter or TikTok. And you can become a Liberal Dan Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get a shout-out. Higher levels get the opportunity to vote on what I do next on the podcast, the minicast, or on YouTube. You can even buy commercial advertising or sponsor bits. So go to patreon.liberaldan.com and support the show today. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out budgeteers.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But Budgeteers is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out Budgeteers.com or go to YouTube.com slash Budgeteers and help make your trip the best it can be. 
BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. Do you want to set money aside for a rainy day? Do you want to open an account that will give you a savings bonus each month? What if I told you that you can get both and have a chance to win $10 million? Yada is an FDIC-insured bank, and when you go to yada.liberaldan.com, open an account, and make your first deposit, you will get 100 entries into the next weekly drawing. You will also get entries each week you have a balance. So go to yada.liberaldan.com. That's Y-O-T-T-A dot liberaldan dot com. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana, to join the conversation with area code 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. And before we get to our special guest, I do want to go ahead and usually after every first uh, first break, we go to the hypocrite of the week. And this time it is related to the topic at hand. So without further ado, this week's hypocrites of the week are the Wall Street hedge fund managers. You know, the people who like to manipulate the stock market to make a profit, sometimes at the expense of others. They are now crying foul when other people are using the same tactics to get themselves rich. Unfortunately for them, the retail investors are flexing their muscles and are not taking it anymore. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune into Liberal Day and Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. And there you go. That basically gets to the topic at hand, which is all of the fun things happening with uh, WSB, GME, AMC, HIJKLMOP, and... Uh, I invited our special guest on today, Amber, Amber Rose Petrovich uh, from JustMoney.Works. That is her website that she is developing. She has some educational slides and videos, uh, both on her website and on TikTok and YouTube. Uh, you can check her out all those places and on Twitter as well. Um, and she is also a uh, published uh, contributor to the Washington Post. Uh, so without further ado, welcome on. Uh, Amber, thank you very much for calling in. Appreciate you calling in so we could help educate the listeners more about what's going on and within the past and what's going what's continuing going on in the future and to discuss your blog in general. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's um, my pleasure. This week's been weird, I got to say. Like, we had so much momentum last week and everything seemed like it was at a 12 and <laughs> You know, clearly it's, it's lost some steam, but, right. you know, I think the movement, regardless, that movement is here to stay. Like, we flexed our muscles as retail investors. We're not going anywhere. Right. So just to go over a brief thing, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because uh, I think you're more knowledgeable than me about the subject, but I've tried to, uh, ever since I saw trading, trading places, I wanted to understand what at the end of that movement. So I wanted to figure out what that was, and that turned out to be, again, them shorting a stock. Basically, just as a short review, uh, when, when somebody shorts the stock, they think it's a bet against the stock. They say, okay, I'm going to take somebody else's share. I'm going to borrow it, and then I'm going to sell it for the current price, hoping that sometime later it'll go down before I have to return the stock. If that price goes down, I then buy it for the, for the cheaper price, return it back to the person, uh, and then I wind up making a profit. So if I sell a $100 stock for $5, 
later on or for a hundred dollars and then I buy it back at five, giving it back to the original owner, I then have made $95 net. So that's what a bunch of uh, hedge fund managers did uh, in with GameStop. They saw GameStop as potentially a failing company. Um, a bunch of people on Reddit in this group, Wall Street Bets. There are some things about this company that we like. We also don't like the fact that these hedge fund managers can ruin companies by shorting it to death. So we're going to take advantage of the fact that it's overshorted. And that's one question I'm going to get to you in a second. Um, I, definitely want, I didn't have the answer to this one, so maybe you can explain it to me. Um, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, so because they kept buying it, the price kept on going up. And it went up over what they sold it for, thus creating a yeah. short squeeze when everybody had to, when they have to go ahead and close their positions on those shorts. Um, so I guess the first question, I, I have that right so far, right? Yeah, you nailed it, actually. Good job. Perfect. <laughs> okay. So um, the uh, how does a stock get to the point? Like, and, and maybe this figure was wrong. This is one of the things that was said on that group Wall Street Bets over on Reddit, or the subreddit, I should say, was that the stock was shorted like over 100%, which, which I was – understanding it that is they sold more stock they short they shorted more stocks than than were there so how does so does that basically mean that like so there's one person that shorted and then another and so let's say there's this one stock let's say, let's say there's one stock available period so right. you own that right. stock i borrow it from you and i sell it to a third person now somebody else could then short that individual stock as well. And then, so technically one stock could be shorted any number of times causing many people to basically have to return that, that, that singular stock that they sold. Is that, am I right on that? Yes and no. It's, I don't know this. Might, I might not be able to help a lot out here, help out a lot okay. here, but naked shorting, this is naked shorting. So you're selling uh-huh. shares that don't actually exist. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I don't think that the hedge fund would have done anything legal, even though, remember, hedge funds, you know, they can easily escape uh, the regulations and rules of the SEC under Regulation D. Um, and because mm-hmm. they require, you know, accredited investors, so they managed to bypass a lot of those rules. So it's possible that that, you know, the idea that naked shorting is illegal, like maybe they're able to get around that. Um, and I did see that floating around, too, but I didn't stop to investigate, you know, the mechanics okay. of, of whether that could actually happen. But one thing you should know about hedge funds, and I'm sure you may have, may have already covered this, but, I mean, they fail all the time. <laughs> right. Like, it is not some, like, surefire, surefire way to make, you know, a billion dollars. A lot of guys lose so much money. But, again, they are very rich, and there's usually at least a 100K minimum to enter a hedge fund. So, already, you know, the privilege bar is pretty high there. Right. I mean, most people that I know don't have a spare hundred grand laying around unless they got in a GameStop at four and sold at 400, then maybe they do have a couple of, yeah. but a lot of those people yeah, who were, who were, exactly. a lot of those people who were trying to create the short squeeze uh, were, you know, were a lot of those people are just sitting there like, I don't care about the money. I just want to hurt the hedge fund managers because I think what they've done is a bunch of crap. Um, so, and, and a lot of these people are, uh, what we would call retail investors. So explain to the listeners what a retail investor is versus, you know, the other types of investors. Yeah, absolutely. So retail investor is Wall Street's term for people like me who are DIY investors. 
So like 15 years ago, I opened up um, an investing account, like a brokerage, and I could just invest online um, on my own time. I didn't have to pay an advisor. And at that time, because that, this was ages ago, because I'm so old, um, I was paying <laughs> six, I was paying 6.95 per trade. Um, and that sucks, but I was willing to pay that because I wanted to be in the market because I just knew fundamentally, like, that's how I'm going to build wealth. There's no other way to do this. Um, so, of course, like Robinhood, you know, however much we all love to hate Robinhood, they really broke down that, you know, that, that trading barrier, that barrier to entry for people who didn't want to pay $7 every time they bought or sold a stock. Um, and here we are, right? Like, I mean, millions, just millions of retail investors, just people sitting at home who have a day job and they just want to be in the market, but they don't have an investment advisor, or financial advisor, or a CPA, because who does? really, <laughs> right. um, you know, they, they entered, like, this is not just a rich man's game anymore. And it has been for so long. And you know what? <laughs> Let's talk about the rich man's game. Because I get called out all the time for being racist when I, um, when I mention that the finance industry is historically run by a bunch of old privileged white guys. And who's calling you racist for saying that? On that. Well, who, who is, who is you know, calling you racist on that? Other white people? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, that's a really great question. Sometimes it's hard to tell on social media and from someone's sure. avatar. So it's user um, a I'm bunch of numbers probably... telling you, 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 on TikTok it would be user a bunch of numbers telling you that you're being racist by pointing out that it's rich old white men. Yeah, privileged old uh, white men. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's probably a privileged old white guy saying that to me. Yeah, but, probably. you know, it's that whole Cause... reverse racism theory, which is that, is that just bullshit? Like, that drives me crazy. Like, I never want to do anything racist, but I just don't think that's racist. Right. No, it, it's not. Speaking truth to power is not racist. <laughs> um, pointing out that most of Wall Street has been, you know, you know, run by rich old white men. You know, that's why, you know, one of the reasons Trading Places is such a good movie is because it, it tends to look at a lot of that are real like you're not having it's not it's not a bunch of black people in the room who are you know trying to corner the market on frozen concentrated orange juice it's a bunch of old white guys who look at the black guy coming in on the street like uh what um you know it, it, it's an yeah it's an old white man's grade no and i would love i would love to see on like tiktok for example or on twitter where, where we both are active uh, I would love to be able to see somebody do that to you. I, I would, I would, I would jump all over them because, oh my God, that's just ridiculous that somebody would claim that the truth is is racist. In yeah. Even even bringing it even bringing it boy who is one of our conservative listeners who's in the chat room right now says it's not racist, it's the truth. So <laughs> there you go. We we got conservatives and liberals all agreeing that Wall Street is run by old white men, old privileged white men. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason why, like, every investment, institutional investor has made a huge push for diversity and females, um, you know, over the past five years. You know, since the Me Too movement, pretty much, there's been this, like, realization, like, oh, shit, like, we better di diversify ASAP. <laughs> right. No, it, yeah. and that's, um, that's nuts. That, 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 I mean, I, I guess I understand it. I mean, there are people who are terrible in all sorts of things, and that kind of, you know, brings – some of the discussion is to, you know, you decided to go ahead and form your own subreddit, uh, just money, uh, on Reddit. And I, oh, I yeah, joined it. Join. Yes. I, I joined everybody <laughs> join, you know, if, if you're, if you're a fan of learning information about 
the stock market and don't want the ableism that exists on WSB, um, go to Just Money because I'll, I'll tell you, they had a lot of impressive information, a lot of well, to what, what I felt was probably well documented, well laid out. If it was all full of crap, then they would they'd spend a lot of time putting up a bunch of crap, but it seemed well sourced, well documented. But surrounding that was a bunch of ableism, them dropping the R word, them dropping, uh, calling, calling themselves and others autistic, uh, them, you know, using autism as an insult, that sort of thing. Or maybe, they might even see it as an insult. They might think, as, oh, yeah, you're an autist, I'm an autist too, blah, blah, blah. But it's very ableist, and it was, it was very cringy to read. And in my opinion, um, somebody who doesn't want to read that sort of stuff makes – if you're going to this group to try and learn more about some stuff, which is somewhat questionable, they they, they themselves describe oh, it is themselves not a friendly place. Four, yeah, no. right. As the yeah. four so chan, don't, don't go of, to learn. <laughs> yeah, they're they're the four chan of investors, which which should tell you all you need to know. But but you know you if you are uncomfortable with that, you know I was glad to see that you created your own subreddit because that that was that was. How much of it was the fact that you saw all the ableism going on in WSB and wanted to see uh, a more inclusive like, environment? It was 100% that. It was okay. 100% that. Like, because I had so many people say, hey, like, you know, fellow stock talkers, um, you know, people on Twitter, they were just like, hey, like, what the fuck? Like, can we just have, we already have a finance industry that's like full of a bunch of like, you know what? <laughs> And now we have now we have what Wall Street bets, which is just full of a bunch of like crabby kids who yeah. have no problem like insulting you, like left and right when you're just trying to fucking learn something. Oh, sorry, am I not supposed to swear? That you're fine. We're not on the air. We're good. I mean, I I, I limit it to a minimum, but that's fine. You know, you, you've had okay. a couple, but that's fine. I'm not mad about. I'm not mad at you for it. Um, thanks. I will. I will keep that in mind. But yeah, so it was like, you know what, let's just make a sub where people like feel like this is a safe space that they can come and talk about, talk about money, but with, with the slant of like, we want to fight the wealth gap. Like that is, that is ultimately the mission here. Like the finance system, our finance system is not fair and it is not just, and we have a plutocracy in our country. Like that's the people who have wealth and power they are the ones who are elected. They are the ones who, who control the elected officials and they make laws that keep them rich and in power. And the rest of us get screwed over and we see stagnant wages decade after decade. We can't afford to buy a house in most cities. And again, I'm, I'm just, I'm not citing exact stats, but there are many statistics to back this up. So that the idea behind this is like, okay, you know what? If you can't beat them, join them and then beat them. Or at least, right. like, join them and build some of your own wealth so you don't have to just sit here and struggle because you're not going to get there with, like, your salary when you have a 2% raise every year or, like, driving for Uber. And, you know, by the way, screw Uber for, like, <laughs> not making people full-time employees, Uber and Lyft. Like, that was just ridiculous. I could go into um, uh, rants on Uber and Lyft because I used to do ride-sharing back in the day. Um, you know, either supplementing my income when I was working for a nonprofit. So I wasn't taking as much salary because, you know, there were advantages to working a nonprofit that were not seen on a paycheck, like, you know, both feeling good and for the fact that I would get to write off my student loans. Um, and of course, I only worked there about a year once I lost my job there because of a lack of funding. But 
But I was supplementing my income with Uber. Then I did Uber and Lyft full-time for about a good year, year and a half as well. I was making pretty good money with it in New Orleans, nice tourism city to do it. But as I was doing oh, it, yeah. I, was, I was just not only, you know, seeing Uber and Lyft fighting uh, the employees becoming full-time employees and, and getting benefits and all that good stuff, but tr- always trying to manipulate it so that, you know, they, they would – it used to be like I would get 80% of what the customer paid. If the customer paid a surge, I got 80% of that. Now, then it became, okay, well, you're going to get this rate card, which is different from what the customer pays. So now Uber's taking a little bit more from the fare that you're not getting. Oh, now we're going to change it. So we're not going to pay you the surge like, you know, you used to get paid. Now you're going to get paid surge differently. And then they move on and on. Like, just, you could just watch as the whole thing has evolved. And it's just any other thing. They're always just trying to nickel and dime you. And everything is sold as, hey, this is going to be much better for you. These would be situations that you might get paid surge when you didn't, when the customer didn't get paid a surge, you're still getting paid less overall. So it's it's so infuriating to hear this, especially because in California, which, you know, I live in California, I live in Los Angeles. Like this is one of the most progressive states or arguably the most progressive state in our country. And we had a proposition last year on our ballot um, that would, would have, would have not allowed Uber to, and Lyft to keep, you know, having people who are essentially full-time employees be contractors. And they poured millions, millions into advertising. They got like mothers against drunk driving to advertise um, <laughs> against. So, so people wouldn't, so people would vote yes and not no for this bill. And, you know, obviously it's in their favor. Ultimately they can keep all of their drivers as independent contractors. And it's just, it's just disgusting. <laughs> it really right. is. I mean, like they are, they would take they all are that money that they would have successful company. Yeah, all that money that they would have spent investing it on, you know, putting it back to the people who were doing, who were making them the money. Like you know, people described Uber as the world's largest taxi company that doesn't own a single vehicle. You know, it's or maybe they own some, <sighs> but they don't own. You know, it, it's using everybody else's vehicle. And you know, I put a lot of wear and tear on my car doing Uber. I understood the fact that. I'm, you know, taking some of the equity out of my car in order to make money in the short term. Um, what I do Uber now, I, I, it would really depend. You know, it, I probably have to get a new car soon in order if I wanted to do it. I think my car is getting right to the point where it's too old in Louisiana to do it. But no, yeah. it's, it's just yeah. it's the 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 way that they nickel and dime you. Like there was the most recent one by Lyft was you had they said okay. We're going to give you a certain number of hours of a week. Well, we'll guarantee you that you're going to get more rides and you get more long distance rides, but we're going to pay you less. I'm like, well, what good's that? You know, I'm doing more work for less money. So you know, you're convincing everybody to do more work for less money. And then the other hours, they're not going to get less work. So you're going to get paid less overall. It doesn't. Maybe it makes sense for somebody who might only work six hours, but it doesn't because you're still doing more work for less money. More mileage with less reimbursement means less net money. That's one of the problems with, with as a rideshare driver that was frustrating, seeing other rideshare drivers just not understanding the difference between gross and net. Like that's, I mean, that, oh, I'm sure, be, yeah. You're going to be in business for yourself. You've got to understand the difference between gross and net. And you're not really in business for yourself with Uber. You're in business for Uber, except they don't make you a full-time employee. And, you right. know, so back in 20, back in 2018, um, like the, the first piece I ever wrote for the Washington Post, like opinion piece, it was mm-hmm. about, you know, my job is why this economy is a total lie. Because a couple of years ago, you know, we had awesome employment rates and everybody was always cheering how great the economy is. 
And I was working not like, not gig work, but I was a contractor, like a white collar contractor, right? Like right. I used to be working in big corporations, but as a 1099. And it was, it was so frustrating. You don't get vacation days, you don't get healthcare, you know, if you get sick, like you're just going to lose money. <laughs> right. And it was so, it's so frustrating to see that like our, um, you know, the employment department, they put out numbers and they're completely just misleading because if you are underemployed or you're working like two gigs or, you know, a contract here and there, you're counted as an employed person that counts as employment, even though you're probably not making nearly enough money to make ends meet. Right. It's just, it's so, it's so messed up. <laughs> well, depending on what, and say, depending what, depending what labor statistic you're using, you know, if you, if you stop getting unemployment, you're no longer counted as part of the quote workforce and therefore you're not counted. So you, the unemployment rate can go down with people just running out of unemployment benefits. Oh yeah. yeah. So that's a great, that that's another reason why the numbers are completely messed up. Um, right. but one really quick thing I wanted to go back to, you were talking about Uber and Lyft and how they're making one decision after another. That's just nickel and diming. You know, the person who's really, the people who are ultimately on the ground making the money. This goes back to the really like, purpose of just money like we need people on the boards of these companies the people who actually make the decisions <laughs> we mm -hmm. need diversity we need people who've been there we don't we can't have the ivy league you know super rich guy who is living off of his great-grandparents trust fund and had a bunch of doors open for him because you know he was wealthy and now he can be on the board of you know uber and lyft and make these decisions that affect millions of lives and they don't know how or understand how that's that's where the power really starts is with the you know the preferred shareholders and the people who sit on the board of directors at a large corporation right it, it, i mean it, it is it is pretty much it is a rigged system and now one of the things that happened was you know back going back to the whole you know robin hood uh, Wall Street, you know, Wall Street bets and the short, the attempts to do the short fees and everything like that is that, you know, you had a situation where everything was getting, you know, the stock was skyrocketing super high and is going up to 400, 450. And then the hedge funds people are like, well, we can't, this is not fair to us. We're going to have to, you know, while well, you gambled, you should, you know, play stupid games with super prizes, or at least you should. Uh, but then what Robin Hood, stopped allowing trades. And then and after that, even when they allowed trades in these companies like AMC, GME, uh, Nokia, BlackBerry, and some others, um, Naked, um, they, mm -hmm. they then... It's they, still they, limited, and, yeah. And it's, and it's still limited. They, they just increased the limits on Robinhood to, to something that seems more reasonable than what it was. Like, I, I might, and maybe at least from my position, I don't know. For until today, I couldn't buy any more AMC stock on uh, Robinhood if I wanted to. Uh, but until today, I can. Um, I think I could have done a. Uh, I think I could have gone got an option, a call option, if I wanted to, um, which I don't. I still might try because it might potentially be a good idea, depending on whether or not the field's going to go up. But that's another topic. Um, but, <laughs> but like I don't. I just like. To me, like this is this is why this you know the system is rigged because you have you know the hedge fund people weren't stopped from doing their shenanigans during this whole thing. It was just the retail investors trying to use their tools that they're used to who are prevented from doing so. And and now there are people who are saying that they did it 
to protect, you know, I think, was it Citadel, if I'm right? Or there are people that are saying that yeah. they basically yeah. had no money to allow those trades to happen. So that's why they had to, you know, kind of put the kibosh on it. There, there are people who, you know, there's a lot of different reasons given, but at the end of the day, the system still, it's still a rigged system against the, re- the regular retail investors who are trying to use these tools, who are blocked from using yeah. these tools suspiciously yeah. in the mm-hmm. middle you're, of. You're completely right. Yeah. yeah. Suspiciously in the middle I, of, uh, and you, you can say that all you want, that, that makes you feel good. Uh, but, you know, in the <laughs> middle of this time where, where they should have been able to keep, either keep buying or maybe, you know, they could have sold, they could always close out their position if they wanted to. Uh, but they should be able to, you know, participate in the market fully. And if they can't, if, if we can't as retail investors participate in the market fully while they can, then that's rigging the system against the retail investors. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like Elizabeth Warren, you know, pointed out right as this was happening. She's like, you know what, for decades, like all of these institutional investors and hedge funds have used, have used the stock market like a casino. <laughs> right. And the SEC has not done anything about it. And now they're freaking out over Wall Street bets. I mean, that's, you know, it is a huge double standard. And for sure, you know, it's good that the SEC is looking into this. But I have to tell you, I had like a real moment of despair Uh (laughs) earlier this week because because I was reading on Bloomberg or something about how Robin Hood, you know, they're they're gathering quite a bit of cash because they're prepping their IPO. <laughs> right. And with their IPO, you know, all of the people who founded the company, who invested in that company, I mean, they're going to get a windfall. It is huge. So it's like, God, are you serious? Like, really? So like, even though all of this just happened, this other thing that's going to make them even wealthier, the founders of Robinhood, the people who invested in it, you know, it's happening still. And it's just, it's, it's very, it can feel very hopeless. It's like, well, what are we even fighting for? There's nothing we can do. The only thing right. we can think we can do is just when that IPO comes out, like stay the hell away from it. <laughs> yeah, don't buy that IPO. Short, yeah. yeah every, everyone should get together and try, I guess I shouldn't say. And I did, I did want to start the podcast with, or start this segment with this, and I should go ahead and say it uh, now, um, you know, Liberal Dan Radio. I am not an economist. I am not a financial advisor. It's not my job. I'm, you know, it, it, we are discussing the topics in the news of the day. If you have anybody who's listening who wants to make financial decisions, don't base it off of necessarily what you hear. Here, speak to a financial yeah. advisor. Make sure that please make sure that you are talking to a financial advisor about your specific situation and your specific uh, financial goals, uh, so that you know you can be comfortable in what you're doing. We're talking a, absolutely well, as they would say on, as sure. they would say on Wall Street bets, but not exactly. We're just a bunch of idiots discussing stocks. Uh, <laughs> but they would say it. In well, a I mean, way. to be fair, I am um, I'm taking my Series 55. Um, I know. Oh, hopefully soon. Yeah. So you know, I'm, I'm I just want to register as an investment advisor, so that way at least I can you know talk about all of this and be educated, and people can trust what I'm saying. You know, I know the system, I know how it works. Blah blah blah. And yes, you're absolutely right. Like the first thing I tell anybody is, you know, you if you if you're going to invest in like a rocket stock, you know, it's at your own risk. Don't invest more than you're willing to lose, and know your risk tolerance. You know. If you're going right. to freak out when it goes down 5%, like, don't, don't buy that. <laughs> right. Now, that being buy said, an oh, that, that, you know, and, and we may have to have another show discussing, you know, all the, the special things about investments and stuff like that, where some people can understand what buy ETF means. 
Uh, but because I'm still, trying to, I'm not. The, I, I've made some poor decisions this year in the stock market. Like, like I was, I was invested in Novavax for a little bit because for like a couple of shares, and I was like, you know what? I'm just, it's not really doing anything. I think I'd rather my money be somewhere else. So I just, I sold it. I think I lost a couple bucks, and then I looked back at it today, and it was, I would have doubled my money. I'm like, ah, you know. I know there's a lot of what it should have been out there, yeah. you know, just like me catching, yep. you know, I was sitting there looking at, Ga- at GameStop at 80 that Tuesday. And I was like, I could put my money into this and just, and just potentially make bank if I think this is going to go up. And I was like, oh, I don't know about it. And then I would have quadrupled my money. Like I would have, it would have been ridiculous how much money I like. It would have been a nice five figure day um, the next day. <laughs> So it was, you know, you so sold a lot it of at exactly the right there. time. So keep that in mind too. Wait, what? I mean, so much of it, assuming you sold it at exactly the right time, like profit right, is not profit true. until you take it. Right. <laughs> I, I probably would have taken it about, I probably would have sold at 320. I probably would have waited till 450. I probably would have sold at 320 or something like that. Cause I'm probably <laughs> like, holy crap, this is awesome. This is, this is a great day. Bye. Or at least sold enough of it to where I can at least guarantee double it and maybe YOLO the rest as they say over there. Um, but, the, um, what, what do you, so what about the current situation with stocks? Like, you know, cause GME wasn't the only one where this happened to this also happened. This also was, you know, discussions that AMC would be the next one. AMC managed to go up as well. You know, AMC does have a potential future and once the pandemic is over. So it is potentially good long-term stock to have on, in my opinion, you know, even if I would, you know, there's potential there in my opinion, I'm not again, seek an advisor if you, if you agree, if you maybe agree, but you know, what are your opinions, I guess, generally about, you know, do we, are, are, the, are the hedge fund, are <laughs> the hedge fund people still in trouble with stocks like GME and AMC? Are, is there another potential for there to be some more risage there? I mean, I guess there's always potential, but you know, do you still feel like holding on to these stocks is, is going to be potentially good for, for, you know, potential growth or people now just holding it just to be, you know, as they say, idiots and, and just wanting to not let it go to, to continue YOLO. to screw over the yeah. to YOLO people to, to screw over the, 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 the head, try and screw over the hedge fund guys as much as possible until the whole ride comes to a halt for whatever reason. Yeah. Screw the fat cats. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think ultimately like the long play on this is like, we, we collectively as retail investors on social media, whether that's Reddit or TikTok or Twitter or whatever, we have to understand when there is momentum, retail momentum behind the stock. So a really good example of that, um, and not now per se, but a few weeks ago is Palantir. Um, you know, it was, it's a stock that like um, the ARC Innovation Funds um, added to, to one of their, to their biotech fund, I think. Um, no, not biotech fund. It was like their software fund. Sorry, space for a second. But, um, and people got really excited, but on the institutional side, analysts were like, no, no, this company is not profitable. Do not buy this stock, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, you know, I read analysts' opinions and I'm like, God, this stock's going to go down. It's not, this is not great. And I had some reasons why I thought it would go down and it didn't. It went up because retail investors rallied around it and, they, you know, they managed to, they managed to outplay the market sentiment from institutions. So it's, it's not like GameStop is the only stock this has happened with. And certainly if we have, if we go forward, you know, saying, Hey, I, you know what, I really like, um, 
what's a good example? Um, I really like Next Era Energy, um, which is like the largest, um, the largest wind and solar power utility company in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like their mission. You know, I like that they are green energy. Like I can really get behind that and I believe in their financial health. So let's all buy this. Um, that's the type of thing that can really benefit us <laughs> as retail investors, but it can also benefit a company that's actually looking to, looking to do some good. Right. Right. Yeah. Support it. Because they're not, there, there's I mean, definitely not something to be said about supporting, supporting good companies with, with your investments can help them grow. And help, help, you know, ideally infuse capital into those companies. Because that's ultimately the, the what, what's the word I'm looking for? The altruistic pie, you know, not pie yeah. in the sky, mm-hmm. but the, 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 the kind of reason that you would think that they created the stock market, you know, at, at a purest type of, oh, let's, let's not do this to screw anybody over. Let's, let, let's just buy buy share buy invest in the companies that we that we want to support that we think are going to be successful and that we want to support and want to help become successful now, to me that that's the idealistic view of, of stocks where you're going to go, okay I, I believe mm-hmm. in this company i think it has a good thing so let's give it some capital to help it with its mission and if and if it winds up being successful great if not i took a gamble and i lost you know that 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 should have been what the stock market is like the fact that they I I, I said it still is I mean, you can look at companies like look at companies like BlackRock, okay? Mm-hmm. Which I realize if you're not familiar with BlackRock, it sounds like a very ominous name. Um, and they're uh, an institution. They're a massive, massive institution. They are the world's largest asset manager. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they have they have so uh, trillions in assets under management. Um, but they made a commitment last year. I think or in 2019 to to make sure that every company that they're holding, because they're you know they're an asset manager, that the, that the CEOs of those companies are making decisions that, you know, support, um, support the environment and are, you know, are pro, not pro climate change, but, you know, pro <laughs> stopping climate change, if that makes sense. Right. Yes. Pro, pro, so I pro. At, I can look at it. Good pro, environmental companies or whatever. Yes. Pro environment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, and they, if they flagged some companies, they took them off some of their funds. I mean, that's a that's a huge thing that a huge asset manager is doing, and that's moving in the right direction. No matter how much you know institutional crap they might, other crap they might do that I don't agree with, and that's why I own a stock like BlackRock. Um, and by the way, since I recommended it um, last August, it is up like. I don't know, 30 or 40%, wow. $724 a share. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to listen to you. I'm going to be like, let, let me, let me listen to you. to what Amber has to say. And I'll do some due diligence on top of that, but let me listen to what Amber has to say. Cause yeah, <laughs> I, I need to invest in more stocks like that. I mean, at the same time though, like I told, I told my followers to dump Disney stock right when Elizabeth Warren was calling out, you know, the, um, the fact that the Disney CEO is the highest paid CEO of any of them. And, you know, while he was getting this massive, like just, you know, tens of millions of dollars in a payout, a bonus or something like that, Disney laid off 28,000 workers. Right. I mean, they, Disney doesn't have to do share buybacks. They can put that money into employees and giving them raises. And that is a big reason why we are where we are with our salaries. Like companies are beholden to their shareholders and not to their employees. 
Right. And so that leaves us in a position where we want to speak with our money because money is power. We back companies that are doing the right thing. Well, that's, that's why I always argue when people say about like the minimum wage, well, we can't increase the minimum wage because they're just going to fire the employees and, 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 and or automate. And I'm like, well, if, if a business is operating at a certain, at, a, at the current demand with, with an excess of employees, then if they realized that they would have fired those employees anyway, regardless of whether or not they increased the employees wages. Furthermore, if a company is going to audit, there are plenty of companies that are automated. You see, you know, self-checkout kiosks in many different stores right now with the prevailing minimum wage. So the idea that you need a higher minimum wage to convince companies to do that is absurd as well. Uh, people can automate whenever they can to, to increase their profits and, and decrease their costs when they feel that, that they can do so. And they're, they're not going to rely on the minimum wage. Furthermore, you have, I think in North Dakota, I want to say where you had the natural gas boom and you had restaurants like Burger King, McDonald's, et cetera, open over there. You couldn't find anybody to work for the minimum wage. They had to pay their people $15 an hour or more to be able to say, hey, instead of working over in that natural gas line you know, plant where you're going to get all this money, come work at McDonald's and you'll, you'll make a similar amount of money. And then they're like, okay, well, we can do that. And the cost of a Big Mac didn't go up. By, by an equal amount, it maybe went up a nickel, you know, or something like that. So the idea that you're always going to see it, but I mean, a lot of people don't understand terms like the price elasticity demand either when they're trying to debate these, mm-hmm. these type of topics. So in doing so, you know, they, they always want to just believe what they hear on, on the news. Uh, funny, I'm saying this from, as, as a podcast, don't believe everything you hear on the news, you know, you know <laughs> do some own research and let, and, and know and know that what you're saying or what they're trying to tell you is, is valid because, you know, I, you, absolutely. I, I, I would I encourage anybody, if you hear something on my podcast, go fact check me. And if I'm wrong, let me know. I'll admit that I was wrong. I've done that before. I'll do it again. But. Well, the, the thing is though, that you got to keep in mind, which is a big bummer um, because I believe everything you're saying, I completely think it is true. Um, you know, just raising the minimum wage is not ultimately going to drive up prices everywhere. Um, the Fed, the Federal Reserve is targeting, you know, a 2% inflation rate, I think. Um, so, you know, regardless of, regardless of what happens outside of that, I mean, like prices are going to go up and they already are going up. And, you know, all the naysayers on a higher minimum wage are going to look at that natural progression that we are in because of the Federal Reserve. And they're going to say, oh, it's because, you know, we raised the minimum wage. And then again, you get into this ridiculous feedback cycle of nonsense that just keeps the average American down even more. <laughs> it just makes That's- me angry. Somebody did talking about the stimulus in, in the chat, and somebody said, uh, I just bought some herb with my stimulus check. It circulated back into the economy. I'm assuming they meant an actual purchase of marijuana. No, a purchase of marijuana, not, not, a, not an herb stock. I, I did something today that some weed stocks are doing really well, as, too, but I'm assuming he meant actual smoking <laughs> or herb to smoke. Uh, so, you know what? If you bought for... some herb with your stimulus check, good for you. Seriously. I just ate an edible. So awesome. Is it, <laughs> is it legal nice. in Louisiana? <laughs> Uh, I don't know, like, what the rules are there. Medicinal marijuana is legal here in Louisiana, but there's some weird rules about, I think, still about who can produce it. Um, you can't, there is no recreational marijuana at this point in time. We're still too conservative to, to consider, you know, that. 
which is silly because you would think that the limited government folks would want to say government shouldn't be able to tell me what to do you know, with my body, I guess, unless it's a drug or abortion rights. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that I can't reconcile. Like it does with Republican viewpoints, other than maybe it comes from religion. And actually, if you go so anyone who's listening who is interested in pot and the market and legalizing it, go and look at the history of how it has become so villainized in America because it's gross and it is completely based in racist beliefs from, again, some old privileged white guy who decided that like, oh, it's the black and Hispanic people who are, you know, who are smoking all this herb and it's bad and I'm going to criminalize it. And it's right. The whole reefer madness thing, you know, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the Future. I mean, Back to the Future. I I like quoting movies, but Back to the Future. You know, you know, you you saw how you know the band was sitting there, you know, just smoking some weed, not doing anything, you know, horrible or whatever. They were just being chill and relaxed. And then the white kids see the black people smoking the reefer, and they're like, "Oh my God, you're you're smoking the reefer. I don't want to be a reefer addict, man." Well, that 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 was the '50s how they viewed people who smoked pot. You know, is 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 it was, you know, they were going to be horrible, dangerous people who after you and then they use that sort of mentality to, to, to keep criminalizing this sort of thing and then they use that nice little purposeful loophole in the 13th amendment that says you can get slave yeah. labor as long as they're criminals and so what do you do you have a pipeline from the streets to jail and now you have slaves again and then you privatize prisons and there you go you privatize prisons become modern yeah. day uh, plantations yeah, I mean, it's it's just disgusting. And the fact that, like, you know, I guess having, you know, having marijuana be legal in every state and maybe just have a little bit of federal oversight, like, I mean, of course that would be a huge boon for our economy, like, everywhere. Right. And, you know, it's, it, it's that speaking of, you know, just pot and going back to the stock market, like, there are a million, a million, there's probably like a dozen, a handful of really great pot stocks to invest in, but, but it is pretty cyclical, oddly. Um, and sorry, it's got noisy in the background there. Oh, no I'm problem. getting ice in my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> those, those, um, those pot stocks, like they're still competing against the black market. Right. And that's a challenge. It's always going to be a challenge until, you know, it's finally legalized everywhere. So you have to keep that in mind. Like that's, I haven't seen one go to the moon yet, so to speak. Um, but Tilray does seem to be gathering a lot of momentum right now. Tilray. Like as, retail as, investors love it. It's going up. As, <laughs> as you say these things, I'm typing them into my, into my search engine to go, you know, follow a bunch of these stocks, the potential investments. There you go. Tilray. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, exactly. Everyone really is rallying around uh, crypto right now, too. I was and, going to mention about what you felt about, like, you know, Dogecoin and stuff like that. And, and, and what, are, what are the, you know, people trying to get into crypto? It's like, it's weird how, like, like I think I saw it on, on, on Webble or Weeble or however you pronounce it. Um, Weeble. That mm-hmm. Weeble. Weeble. I guess you wobble, but they don't fall down. Um, I don't know how many people Weeble, are Weeble, Weeble market. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the, uh, <laughs> but like, I think I had to apply to be able to trade in crypto. So, like, I guess. You know, there, I understand the concept of crypto being, you know, software development. You have basically, you have these two, you know, 
keys that basically represent the, the cryptocurrency that, that can fill into some formula or whatever. And so for a long time, people were mine, using their computers. They still might to mine cryptocurrency, to mine for Bitcoins. And then, you know, if I would have done that way back in the day, I probably would be very, very happy right now. But of course, I missed that train. Maybe, maybe. Bitcoin maybe. mining is so complex, incredibly yeah. complex, and you need a buttload of equipment. Maybe if you were like one of the first ones in on it in like 2012 or 2013, it would right. have been okay. But yeah. now, I mean, it's, you know, people have farms, <laughs> literally yeah. farms, I think, to hold all of their mining equipment. But in terms of just investing in crypto, like trading it, like 100% get into it. <laughs> Like institutional investors are, they have signed on to the crypto bandwagon. They invest in it. That was one of the reasons why Bitcoin got such a big, you know, push back in early January. Um, so I have Bitcoin, I have Ethereum, and I have Doge. Um, mm-hmm. Doge is kind of, kind of shady, <laughs> um, and for sure, you know, it did have a big push with retail investors. Um, sorry, that is my toddler. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I, I can't even hear it. It's fine. So we can't even hear the child. Oh, so okay. yeah, don't even hear it. I, say it. I meant the noise, not your, not your child. I wasn't trying to refer to your child as an it. <laughs> no problem. I cannot hear the child. Um, no, I, I completely think that crypto is a great safe place to invest your money. Um, you can use Weeble. It shouldn't be too complicated. You might just need to, you might need to do a few clicks, like you said. Um, but just remember that like PayPal and Square they have added crypto as a wallet option now. Like huh. it is completely legit. Yeah, it's it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. There are people who think that it can go Bitcoin itself so can go to like 100k. Right now it's at what 37k. Right. So yeah, it's worth it. Just be ready for some volatility because it definitely is volatile. And if you're like, oh my god, I don't want to buy 30, you know, 37k per coin. That's ridiculous. Um, you know, you can buy little tiny fractions, of course, but Ethereum is far less expensive, but it's also kind of on a roll right now. ETH. <laughs> ETH, okay. So that's what you say, ETH, that's yeah. Ethereum? Okay. Ethereum, so. yeah. So that's like one of, you know, it's the main, one of the main cryptos, BTC, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Um, I'm not a huge fan of XRP, which is Ripple. Um, mm. But those other, those other two, like, they're great. Do it. Go for it. Go crypto. So, e- so ETH USD is, is what I'm looking at for, for the crypto coin? Yep, yep. Okay, cool. cool. I, I, knew B, I knew BTC for Bitcoin. So um, I guess what are your, you know, your final thoughts on the whole – I mean, I, I scheduled the show for three hours, but I, I except for recently, I've hardly ever held the show for three hours because, you know, you know – end of the year beginning of the year we we did have two really great long three-hour shows but you know actually do have something to be in more I, I actually have a you know have picked up a new client for software development tomorrow so it's a good thing so i have to go to bed a little earlier than normal well, congrats that's awesome yeah thank you yeah so i'm trying to do the independent contracting thing that was like my goal and had covid not hit i'd have been really in a good position because you know my the, the place that I did pick up the first client was paying me even more money than what this client is going to be paying me. But whatever, we don't have to talk about all that. But I'm uh, glad so, to hear that. But I just I have to can I say really quickly though for anybody who is you know independent co- contracting like that, like make sure you're factoring into your hourly the hourly that you're requesting or negotiating. Factor in those vacation days and that healthcare and sick right. time. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. That's the thing. That needs to be in your salary because you're not going to get that. 
Right. But still, congrats so. on your <laughs> we'll see. And there's a potential that it might turn into a full-time employment thing. We don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm open to going back if the price is right. So we'll, we'll see what it is. You but can still do your podcast I, too. Yeah. Well, I've been doing the podcast for years. I mean, for a very long time, I would love for the podcast to be the thing that takes off and then be able to do this five days a week. And, but it requires a bunch of people to go support the Patreon. So, and, or follow me on YouTube so I can start monetizing that stuff because I did follow your this subscribe to your YouTube channel, by the way. So, but I do think that we need, you know, because YouTube has some ridiculous policies where people were, people were taking other people's content, downloading it and then re-uploading it as their own. And then, and then it turned, so then they were making money off of other people's intellectual property, which is bad. Uh, but YouTube basically threw the baby out with the bathwater and said, okay, now for anybody to make money on our site, you have to have at least a thousand subscribers and, certain amount of views over the course of the year. So, and you know, I'm sitting there, I'm just under a hundred subscribers at this point, And most of that is from, <laughs> Hey, Facebook friends, do me a solid and follow me and subscribe to my YouTube channel because I need the subs to get halfway to where I need to be. So, uh, but yeah, oh, I would I'll love totally to make subscribe this to your, your YouTube channel. Thank you. <laughs> I'm all um, on YouTube. I mean, YouTube is a tough platform, you know, like you have to have hours to be able to sit there and talk and, you know, people ramble on that channel and it drives me crazy. And I certainly could do that if I didn't have a thousand other things going on, including a full-time job. Um, you know, it's, it's so much easier to do these little like one minute or 30 second videos that just quickly explain something, you know, just a key piece of financial education to help somebody just get moving in the market. Well, hopefully I'll get to the point where I have at least 10,000 on TikTok too. So then I can start getting the TikTok creator fund or whatever as well. I don't know how, how, how do you I, make anything from that? Is it 10,000 or, or is it 1,000? It's 1,000 to be able to go live. I think it's 10,000 to be, it's 10,000 to be part of the, get to get access to the creator fund. So I'm at, You're right. Okay. Yeah. And the creator phone fund, like, <laughs> I mean, it is paltry. So what okay. you're going to get from, from that fund, cause I'm in it, you know, I, right. I, I know. Um, I think I've been in it since like January one month or maybe like three and a half weeks and I've made um, 50 bucks or 60 bucks, maybe. Huh? <laughs> go, go out to dinner so, one night. And then, I, and then of course you can make money from going live too. Right. Yeah. I, I haven't like had too many session. people. Yeah. Cause people can tip you on your live. Of course I think it's better for the users if they like, you know, Give you give give to a Patreon instead of giving to your live. I think TikTok takes too much of your money on the lives or whatever. But it's amazing they what might. all we have. I to- have to say, I've had some live sessions that are really exciting, and like I've ended it, and I'm like, oh, I made eight dollars. That's pretty cool. I guess I really jazzed people up, you know, talking about <laughs> the the wealth gap. <laughs> right. Awesome. But yeah, we, we definitely need, we, we will definitely have you back on the show to talk about issues like the wealth app, talk about, you know, different stock market trends or anything else. The big that happens in the stock market, you know, I'm definitely going to want to have you back on. It's great having you on this time. Anything else you want to close up with the whole, you know, just money, Reddit, WSB, um, GME, AMC, LMNOP. <laughs> God, we covered like everything under the sun, didn't we? No, yeah, we did. I mean, we, I think I'm good. Um, I'm happy to come back and talk about, you know, ETFs or options trading or really like anything you want to know about money and investing. Like, you know, I'm here and go follow 
go follow all the channels and things. But just like whatever you do, just even if you're having a shitty, sorry, if you're having a crappy <laughs> week in the stock market, like, you know, it, it goes up and down, but right. it always goes up. <laughs> so if you can ride out those downs and maybe just buy a little more because it's on sale, it will be okay. Like all of those momentum stocks aside. So fine. You didn't make, you know, 200 K in a week. Like most people don't, <laughs> not even the hedge funds guys. But you can be like me and be a long-term investor or an active investor and have 130% returns. I mean, that's, that's something. That's right. a retirement. Yes. So I guess that's what I would close with. <laughs> Perfect. Well, anyway, so go check out. It's uh, on Reddit. It's Just Money, uh, just underscore money one on TikTok. Uh, JustMoney.works is the website. Uh, at Amber Rose on Twitter. Um, does anybody ever tweeted you thinking you're the, the other Amber Rose? They used to, I think they've figured it out by now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, so. I know. Kind of funny, right? Cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's legit my uh, name, so it's okay. <laughs> right. So she can't take that away from uh, you, although she might have like real Amber Rose or something or, you know, whatever. Damn straight. So. Yeah. You're yes. so right. <laughs> so. Cool. Well, anyway, um, yeah, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much for... It was really a pleasure talking to you. Oh, it's a pleasure talking to you as well. It's great, great show, great content. And we, I will definitely look forward to having you back. And we can talk about maybe some other uh, partner, partnerships in the future that we could do. Fantastic. Have a great evening. You as well. Okay. Does anybody, else have, does anybody else have anything else in the uh, chat that you might want me to touch on that's either related to this or not related to this? Uh, I'll give you a couple of seconds to talk about that because there's lots of stuff that we could talk about. But I mean, I do have to end the show earlier today simply because of the fact that I do have to set up my stuff for my new job uh, tomorrow, my new client, I guess I should say, uh, tomorrow because it's not technically a job because I'm my own boss. So I've, I've been doing my own job for whatever. Whatever. Anyway, no, going, going. All right. Well, we've had a couple people in the chat. Let's see. We're still talking about Irish indentured servants and comparing the slaves because bringing it boy brought up uh, the difference between Irish folks and slave slavery and ugh. people corrected him in the chat. I, I'm not going to go on that any further anyway. So let's go ahead and I need to find the closing bit because I didn't adjust my things properly and my mouse stopped working because I ran out of battery, but I have to use my other mouse. So anyway. This is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Uh, you can tune in each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central, blogtalkradio.com slash liberal Dan. Uh, Demonox wants me to say, in a world where pineapple goes on pizza, one man bucks the trend and gets some other fruit as well. Anyway, anyway, so liberaldan.com has all of the places that you can find me on social media. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.liberaldan.com. Patreon.liberalband.com to support the podcast if you want to buy commercials or more. Until next week, Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right.